when we say that success is the believer's heritage, we are equally saying that it is not the nature of the believer to fail. Amen. Amen. So a believer cannot be a failure. So don't entertain that thinking that you are a failure. You are not. That you are not able to do something at the first touch doesn't make you a failure. It's rather a school. You go to learn how it should not be done. Amen. Amen. You learn how it should not be done. I've told you my beginnings in school. I've told you how I was last for one year. First term, second term, third term. And the second year, the first term, I was last again. And last in the second term. Huh? But third term, I overtook some people. So I got promoted. By class three, all of them lined up behind me. Now there's a way God does his things. So your first approach may not yield the results you are looking for. It doesn't make you a failure. Failure is an intimidation of the enemy. It's just an event. But it is not a nature. You are not a failure. You are a success. Hallelujah. Let that one be established in your mind and in your spirit. That you are a success. No matter how it looks like. Let all men beset you. You are still a success. It doesn't matter the opposition that you face. You will surely come up with flying colors. Glory to God. That mentality will help you to have confidence in approaching anything that you are doing. But if you have a failure mentality, no matter the resources that are available to you, you will still fail. Amen. Amen. And I said something to the parents, one of the teachings this month, be careful the way you talk to your children. Your children are not carrying coconut head. So be careful. When your child offends you, it doesn't mean you must kill the child with your mouth. And that is what we do. We groom them to become very timid in life. Their creativity is killed with the tongue that we carry. Even when they do well, we cannot say, oh, that's a good one. That one is not that. When they are wrong, we'll talk. What kind of parents are we? Are we Christians? Hallelujah. I cannot fail. I am not a failure. I am a success. Amen. Now, when you start shouting, they will say you are too proud. It is good to be proud. There's a dimension of pride that is not, not in tandem with what God stands for. But boasting about who you are, if you say you are a man, does that make you proud? If indeed you are a man. There's nothing wrong with that one. You are only describing who you are. And Jesus has made you a success. So you must understand that one and walk in it. Whoever doesn't accept it should go and look for a failure somewhere else. <laughs> failure is not in you. Amen. Right. 
Now, this morning, I want to take you on a little journey. We have mentioned some things right from the beginning of the month, talking about this issue of success. We've talked about the Word of God. We've talked about the Holy Ghost. But I still want to go to the spirit of success. The spirit of what? Success. I want us to look at a few things and add to what we have carried, and then we go on doing much more studies. Amen. Now, why are we so serious about the issue of success? God becomes disturbed when we fail. Because he has done all things. And he says all things are yours. So why are we not getting the things that we are supposed to get? The spirit. Activating the spirit of what? Success. Or allowing the spirit of success to operate. We tie the hands of the Holy Ghost. And we won't allow him to do the things that God has programmed him to do for us. And in us. It is very important for us to know that one. That the Spirit of God is a gentle one who will not impose himself on you. But he works with your agreement. Two cannot work together except they be agreed. So allow him to do the things that have already been done by Christ. That should show forth in your life. Don't look at yourself and always disqualify yourself. If somebody is going for this level, you look at you and say, not me. Not me. I, I don't have anybody. That statement, I killed that one some years ago with my students. They were singing from John chapter, um, chapter 5. That man who had been at uh, the pool for how many years? 38 years. And when Jesus came, he said, I have no one. And, and they were singing a song. In the, the, the song was so, it was so solemn. It had some emotional things. You may even pity them and cry for them. Anytime they began to sing that song. And in a sense, they were also appointing, pointing, accusing fingers to God. That you are not able to help me. So one day I got angry. And I told her, if you have God and you say you have no one, then will you ever have any? If God is no one, then who can be someone? So I had to change the song for them. Since they wanted to sing that way, I had to change some of the words for them to know how to sing that song. I don't have anybody. I have no contact. I have no connections. Nobody knows me in government. What is government? If I could get someone at Jubilee House, you are a disappointment. Because you, by your nature and where you stand in Christ, you are able to dictate the things that you want, that should happen. Dictate. Don't let people tell you what you should be doing. Don't let them limit you because you are far above those ones. I've told you here before, if the president is not a Christian, if he's not born again, he is not my mate. I respect him so much. He's the head of the state. But if he is not a Christian, he has a problem, a huge one. So your boss may not be a Christian and you are the one. You are there because they need light. That's why you are in the office. You are there to change something. 
You are there to bring the blessing of God upon the situation because there is no one there to do it. That's why you are there. So the excuse should not be, be my, my, they are not even Christians. They are not even Christians. Who is a Christian? You should understand some things. Know who you are. And know that you are in the best place. You are what? In the best place. You are best positioned. There's no other position outside what you have. You are in Christ. There's no other thing that anybody can have. That is more than where you belong. And the glory that you carry. And the power that you carry. Know this one. And walk with your chest out. Amen? Amen. With what? Yes. Walk out confidently. But I'm not saying go about in pride. Looking down on everybody. With your first degree, nobody can talk around you. When you get a second degree, you have to move to the cemetery. Because that's the only place you get people can now listen to you. Without any opposition. Because they are there. They are still. Amen. So you can talk for two hours. Nobody will say sorry. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about the consciousness of who you are. And we'll spend some time talking about knowledge and consciousness. It's very important. Amen. Amen. Paul says, I'm fully persuaded. I'm what? Fully persuaded. There is no doubt in me at all concerning this God. That the things that I have handed over to him, he's able to keep unto the end. There's no doubt. I'm not swinging between two opinions. I'm fully convinced. I know beyond knowing that this God is able. That's where you must stand. That you cannot fail. I told you I made that statement once. We were going to write one, one uh, professional exam. I don't know. With a body in the UK. And I told my bishop, I said, uh, I'm not going to fail any paper. Or I'm not taking any paper twice. No. There were six courses. I said, not one of them. A pastor, he looked at me and he smiled. You know why he smiled? All of us have led the classroom for many years. <laughs> you understand? When you leave classroom for so many years and you begin to talk like that, you should be careful. I cleared all of them. I didn't have any problem. If I could not fail when I didn't know Christ, is it now that I should be failing? No. If Ishaku is able to make Distinction in a course. Is it mean that should be at the tail? Never. Worried people will tell you, we're going to do what? We're carry last. Let it be your persuasion that you and failure parted ways. You are on parallel grounds. You see each other, but you cannot meet. Amen. Amen. You have to realize the two of them are parallel, but they will never meet anywhere. Where they meet, there's a programming that made them change course. Glory to God. Right. Now, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not where? In himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his own steps. That scripture should let you understand that on your own, you cannot be a success. 
The way of a man is not in himself. It is not in a man that walketh, that walks about to direct his own steps. So there is something from exterior that indeed is interior. Eh? Something that obtains in the, something external, which actually is internal. Because Christ is in you. And you are in Christ. That force works in you and around you and with you. To make you do what the normal human being would not be able to do. The man has no capacity to order his steps. But a man who is full of the Holy Ghost. Is directed for as many as are led. By who? The Spirit of God. They are what? The sons of God. So there's one that leads you. He takes you away from failure and put on the path of success. And he leads you and guides you on that path at all times. That is the spirit of success. When he is with you and at work in you, you will not fail. He may lead you down the valleys and up the mountains and the rest of them as we see in Deuteronomy chapter 32 from verse 9 down. He may lead you those ways. But it doesn't mean that you have failed. He's taking you. Realms that eventually will bring you to a point of peace and fulfillment. But you've got to go through the hardships. I made a statement one day. Say greatness is born out of the womb of affliction. The crucible of affliction produces greatness. You may go through all these things, but your story will not be failure. Your story is a testimony. So when you begin to see challenges on your path, it doesn't mean that you are going to fail. It is that your testimony will be richer. It will be what? Richer. More interesting. More impactful. It's going to affect many lives. Every project you began never went anywhere, and yet you said, I will go home. And Elijah told the, the servant, he said, go. Check for me. If you see anything in the horizon. The man went for the first time, he came back, he said, I didn't see any. He said, go again. Go again. Go again. And to the seventh time, he returned and said, I saw a cloud by the size of the fist of a man. And that is it. Go tell the king that he should start going. I'm hearing the sound of abundance of rain. Nobody has seen the clouds. Nobody had heard any rumblings up there. But the man said, I saw something. They went seven times before the sign came. And look at what happened to one king of Israel. What's the name of that fellow? He went to see Elisha, Elisha's, you know, last days. There was a war between them and Assyria. And then he went to see. I said, take your arrow and shoot through the window. The man shot one, twice. The third time, he stopped. Nobody told him to stop. He did. And then the prophet told him, 
if you had kept on doing it, then would have your victory over this nation be forever. But because you did not continue, and you did it just a few times, they will still come back and take over. You don't give up when you begin a journey. You may be tired, but you keep on going. Gideon and his men were tired, and they were thirsty, pursuing the enemy, and they kept on going. They kept on going until the deed was done. But the day Samson cast the Lord aside, some test came upon him, and he said he was about to die. Have you seen that? In, huh? You read that story before? In chapter 15 of Judges. He cast the jawbone of the ass that he was using, cast aside. And then suddenly he became very thirsty. And he said he was thirsty unto death. I, 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 that day he was like, like Esau. Esau says he was hungry. And he was about to die. When you see a Christian like that, watch your walk with that person. One whose stomach has taken over his life. Anytime you talk about fasting, he has an excuse. You better watch that person and stay off from that person. He's not ready. He's what? Okay. Because of food, this young man sold his birthright. He said, I'm about to die. You are talking about birthright. Oh, what is birthright? To a man who is dying. Persistence in faith, in your trust in God. That what he has begun with you, he will surely finish it. It's what will eventually land you at the point of the success you are talking about. So you cannot claim to be a success when you are not persistent. And you can constantly do what God wants you to do. But our ability to do is in the strength of the Holy Ghost. That he releases upon us. And so we are able to do it. No matter what happens, we keep on moving forward. Amen. Amen. You write exams, you fail once, and then you write again and you fail, you write and you fail. Is there anywhere stated in the Bible that when you fail ten times, then you have to give up? No. He said, my friend, or my enemies, whichever one you want to choose, don't laugh at me. When I fall, I will do what? He didn't say when I fall once. When I fall, I will rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will shine his light in my path. So when I fail one, I'm not able to accomplish what I want to accomplish. I keep on going, I keep on going until my testimony dawns. You are not a subject of failure. Amen. You are sentenced to imprisonment in success. Amen. That you must succeed no matter what happens. Hallelujah. When he begins to lead you, in ways that you don't understand, just lean on him and trust him that his intentions concerning you are pure and true. And surely you'll get to the point where you want to get to. We are in too much haste sometimes. And that's the next scripture I want you to take note of. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11 and 12. Depart, depart, get out from there. Touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of her, be clean, 
you who bear the vessels of the Lord. Now, verse 12. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. He's not talking about aeroplane. He's not saying you shouldn't travel by flight. No, that's not what he's talking about. But <laughs> you are afraid. And you are hasting and running away. You are fleeing. He said, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Now, the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel, are they the same or different people? The same what? The same God. The same God goes before you, and he is a defense behind you. So you are sandwiched in this God. What else can affect you and make you fail? So don't go out in haste. Don't, don't, don't start going. We, we, we are always in a hurry. Instant attitude. I must be rich. I must be rich. When you hear them talk like that, run away from them. Because he doesn't even know who he is. You are rich. What is at your disposal is the riches of God in glory in Christ Jesus. These things are with you. And then you say, I must be rich. So you are going to go a way that men shouldn't go. And those ways are very dangerous ways. I must be rich means you are desperate. I must be rich is that you can even bow and pick the devil's own offer and go and use it. I must get a husband. I must be married. Why are you saying that? Why don't you call in the man that God has programmed for you? I told you in the Bible school, somewhere in 91, at the Bible school, when we are graduating, the very first day, the very same day, a prophecy came from one of us. That there's a sister here, the Lord is warning you that there is one Al-Haji waiting for you at the roadside. He has never met you before, but he's been sent to you to ruin your life. The Lord wants you to know and to overcome. It was so clear. So clear. The atmosphere was charged. Prophecies were swinging from left to right. It was an amazing time. Very strange. After everything, this woman walked from the premises of the, of the school and the church, walked all the way from that close to the main road, and the car had been parked there, and the fellow offered a lift, and he, she accepted the lift, and her lifting ceased. It's like a story. She ended up a third wife and died shortly after. My own mate. Bible school. Bible what? <laughs> Bible school. It's a Bible school that you are in. The exam is waiting for you outside. That's what the Hebrew said. And he has said that over and over again. What you are studying here now the examination is outside there, waiting for you. Will you pass it? So it's not like you got an A in the paper. No, but you get an A out there to stand strong and pursue vision until the end. Amen. To look at someone and tell the person you need Jesus Christ. Yeah. With all confidence. Mm. That is the thing. It's not that you pass, you pass. Your consistency 
is because of the help that you receive from the Holy Ghost. Now, even when everybody has blacklisted you, that this one won't amount to anybody. You are looking at the Holy Ghost and say, I'm a success. I'm a success. At Legon here, I wasn't a Christian. My, my, because my head of department was angry with me, I don't know what he did with my project work. He just looked at it and gave a C. The external examiners that came in, they did a random picking. They picked mine. I wasn't a Christian, but God loved me. They picked mine, and when they went through from the information I got from the faculty, they look and say, but who gave this seat? Somebody carried pen and put B plus. C died, B plus. You want to be on your own. <laughs> it will be a problem for you. Let the Holy Ghost guide you and lead you. I was not a Christian, but I enjoyed the favor of God. But you are a child of God. Somebody was venting his anger out of pride because he didn't see one chapter before I presented the thing. You gave me a work to do. I don't need you to help me. No. Are you going to correct the grammar? What, what are you going to correct now? If you do that, you are writing it for me. I, I did my work on my own. And then you are telling me that because I didn't allow you to go through. Because your name is connected to the work. And so you give, you give me a C. He wanted to destroy things about me. But this God, who had known before I became who I am, before I got to even know who, whether he existed, this same God that I was fighting in that school, he had mercy on me. So it's not what men think about you. It is what he has programmed concerning your life. We are too conscious of men about what they will say, how they look at us. Whether you are beautiful or not beautiful is nobody's judgment. It's nobody's what? It is yours. Do you see yourself as handsome or beautiful? Then you are. Is it not within the, in the eyes of the beholder are you not also a beholder? You look at in the mirror like this. He's a fine boy, man. Look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself. Talk to yourself there. And go out with that understanding. Then stop looking at people to give you an idea of who you are. Anyone who doesn't like you will tell you that you are the most horrible person in life. And then you go by that judgment. And anything that you face to do, you fail before you start. Your confidence is helped by the Spirit of God as he leads and guides you and you respond to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will remind you of the things that I have told you. He will teach you and he will guide you. He will guide you on the path of destiny. So you know what is right to do, and you do it. Friends, we will not talk about failure if we allow the one who cannot fail to guide us.
Hallelujah. Are you there? Good. I'd like us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll pick a few things from there. Nothing dies in the hands of God. So when they are in your hands, and your hand is in his hand, there's nothing that will die in your hand. Nothing. Nothing. Are we overestimating ourselves? No. We are only talking about the truth about us. Truth. Truth makes people angry. (laughs) See, it takes a very strong person in the Lord who has every reason to hate you but refuses to manifest such and appreciate you even though he knows that you are his enemy. He appreciates you when, when you go right. He talks about it. And people begin to wonder, is not this man that lied against you yesterday? Yes, and so what? He lied against me yesterday, but what he's doing today is right. Shouldn't I say it? It takes a Christian with understanding. Not this one that somebody doesn't like you, so the person, you, you, if you are my friend, you must hate my enemies. No. I've seen that one at leadership levels. In different places. Someone is your enemy, so everyone under you must... No, 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 no. I don't do that kind of thing. So you may not like me. When it comes to promotion, don't promote me. Uh, send me to the village. doesn't matter. Let God be true. And every man be what? A liar. If you have become an appendage to somebody in life, then you don't, know, you don't have a life you are living. You are living a lie. See, the, our bishop... You insulted our bishop. We will beat you. You you are not born again. What did your bishop do? To end the insult. He didn't do anything. But if your bishop fighting, no. Why must you be fighting? The man that was offended is quiet. Going his own way. And then you are the one fighting. Because you want to show that you you, you, you are loyal. Loyal. Loyalty is not stupidity. Your loyalty to people must not run contrary to what God is saying per time. I talk to you as a leader. I don't have anything to gain from anybody and I don't lose to anybody. My life is with him and for him. I may make mistakes. When I see them, I apologize. So don't go beyond me and fight. You are weeping more than they believed. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at the bishop. Look at his age and his size. And then you're insulting him. Which one is your own now? Eh? There's no point. Why? We are responsible to a greater force. That force is what makes us succeed in life. If we keep on walking with him. You cannot be a success outside Christ. He said, without me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse what? 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Can you see that one? For without me, you can do nothing. So why don't you spend your time 
in fellowship with him. And sometimes you even go talking and talk against Christ. Lord, we saw people who were casting out demons in your name. They are not in our company. Allow us to go and deal with them. Lord, they didn't allow us to go through this city. Give us permission to call down fire to consume them. What did Jesus tell them? You don't know your source, the kind of spirit that you are made of. It's not like the Old Testament. You are products of God's love. And you must operate like that. You're not giving permission to begin to fight because somebody is fighting your leader. Or somebody is fighting your friend. You are to be a mediator. You don't pour fuel in it, the relationship, and destroy what will happen to you, what may, good thing may happen to you and your children in, 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 later in life. You don't do that. Rather, help the situation to change. Why? There is no reason why you should block your channel with the Holy Ghost. With grief and anger and evil thoughts. Let that channel be clean and clear. Let it flow. The person who offended you will be the one to come later to come and apologize to you. If the person doesn't apologize, and so what? Can't you forgive? Do you apologize to God before He forgives you? When I say things like this, people don't understand me. All the sins that you committed before you were saved, what did you do to God? Did you pay any, any retribution? You have forgotten that one. The number of times you lied, people's items that you stole, their children that you, uh, you abandoned forcefully, or whatever it is, the woman you misled, you got them pregnant, you ran away. You still have the confidence to tell another woman you want to marry her. And God just watches you like this and forgives you just like that. But when somebody does something against you, you are dying. You so get angry that your, 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 your BP begins to rise up. <laughs> I spoke with a sister on um, Friday. I said, in your life, Always make sure that you ventilate your atmosphere. Let there be peace around you. Create an atmosphere by yourself that will make you flow in the spirit. Be happy for yourself. Crack jokes around you. Let people around you have something to laugh about. Your face is so tight. Somebody said, look at his head. His head is big. Is it not big? Glory to God. That your head is big doesn't make you ugly. But you see, that head so fits you, it fits your body. God is a wise God. If they had given you a lighter one, you would have fixed now. This one, this one fits. It fits. Let life be so simple so that you enjoy this Holy Ghost. You need his company, his companionship. You need him to make you get to the point you have to get to. Don't create an atmosphere that you can't flow again. You break off from the momentum you have gathered. 
to argue with somebody and then you come back, you want to fold that. No, you've got to start again. Let the Holy Ghost be the one who is leading you. It takes just him to make you see the success factor that you enjoy as a child of God. It takes him alone. That's a spirit. So just walk with him. And success will become something you talk about. It happens just like that. It becomes a natural thing about your life, wherever you are going. Hmm? I told you when I went for an interview and they said, uh, I asked them, when am I starting the work now? They said, we have just finished the interview. Who told you? I said, I've passed. I told them, I said, I've passed. When am I starting? They said, wait for a letter. I said, I'm waiting outside here. <laughs> and I was a stranger in Nigeria. I said, I'm waiting to collect my letter. The chairman looked at me and said, what's wrong with this boy? I said, no. Ah, there's nothing wrong with it. It is my letter I'm waiting for. Now, I went and sat out there. I was waiting. Secretary came out and saw me there. He went and told them, the man is still sitting down there. <laughs> the chairman came out. He wanted to go. I said, excuse me, sir. I have not gotten my letter. Are you going? <laughs> he went back there. And then told them to give me my letter. Yeah, so they typed, they signed, they, they put ah. it, gave it to me. The next one I was teaching. I was doing all those things in the atmosphere of joy. I was smiling and cracking jokes. You go for an interview, you are cracking jokes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> don't go and do it, oh, if you don't carry <laughs> if you don't carry what I'm carrying. Hallelujah. In that first Corinthians chapter two, we are told that the things that are hidden in God are revealed to us by the Spirit of God. He is the one that has access to the secret place of God, the chambers of God. He knows the pattern, and he brings the pattern to you in the assignment that you have been given to do. And he told Moses, let this building be done according to the pattern that I showed to you. So the Holy Ghost shows you the pattern. And now he enables you to do it as he did with a man called Bazalego who was appointed to do some craft work. It was the Holy Ghost that brought to him wisdom and knowledge, ability to do that which was not normal. If he did that one then, in the old dispensation, what else do you think he would do with you in the new dispensation? That when you produce things, people will look at it and begin to wonder where you got it from. And all they will say, you copied. You did what? You copied. Because you can't understand where that brain is coming from. And when you read down that same chapter, you get to a point in verse 16. He said, for we have what? The mind of Christ. We have what? The mind of Christ. A mind pervaded by the Holy Ghost. With excellence. The first man, the first man, the first Adam so-called had an excellent mind until he fell. 
excellent mind. We see in chapter 2 of Genesis that this man gave names to all the animals that God created. And whatever he called them, that's how God sees it or saw it. And nobody has changed those names. My little thinking is this. If they bring about 10 people, or okay, let's, let me give you the room, 100 people, and tell you, you, give them names as they pass, as they pass. So, you, somebody passes now. You are Elijah, and that person comes. You are Elisha. The moment Elisha comes, you are going back to Elijah again. Because you have not even left the E. And that one comes now, you look at the man, you say, you are Kohana. The capacity of the mind has been so abused. But that man had an excellent mind. And Jesus has a super excellent mind. And the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. That means that we should not fail. In chapter 6 of John's gospel in verse 6, he said, and he himself knew what to do. He knew what to do under any circumstance. So you should also be able to know, to know what to do at any time. So your first salutation to a challenge is not, hey, how will I go about this? No. It should be the thinking that we are told Hillary had. He looked at the mountain. And he told the mountain, you have grown all that you need to grow. But I am still growing. A time will come when I will stand on the top of this mountain. He had a perception of possibility and victory. And no longer after that, he went onto the top of it and stood over there to show to the world that it's possible. Your attitude towards a challenge should be success. Not how can this be done. Don't do it. Don't do it. Who helped me do this? I don't have any connection anywhere. They said, bring money. He said, where would this money come from? That's the first reaction. Where would this money come from? Why would you have a mind that you have more than enough? Lying somewhere. That when you are set and God approves of the project, he will release it. Why would you have that, that kind of thinking? Why are we always saying that cannot be done? When there's a little challenge in your body, the first you think about this one has come to kill me. This sickness is from the enemy. You brought this one to kill me. That's your first thinking. Why? Because you have not been able to come to terms with who the Holy Ghost is in your life. You bring questions before you exam question. Look at this one. Hey. Ah. Ah, let me see question five. Hey! <laughs> let me check ten. Hey! I'm done. I'm done for. Oh. Oh. What kind of misfortune is this? So all these questions, I can't even answer one. Who told you? Who told you that you can't understand, you can't do anything? 
you have the mind of Christ. The person who will be marking doesn't have that mind if he's not a Christian. If some of my colleagues, ex-colleagues were around, they would tell you, I had a principle. I will make it difficult for you to fail me. It's not medicine that they say, okay, this, whatever, according from premise one, premise two, this one like this, and the total is not like that. We, 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 we are dangling. We are doing philosophical work. So I go this way, swing low, swing. I confuse you small, then I move forward. Before you know, you give me marks, good marks. I'll use grammar to confuse you. What was the mentality? I cannot fail. What will I tell my children? After failing in class one, class two, now you, you are up now, you are saying you are afraid again. Oh, they respect you. Hmm? Say, I cannot fail. I'm a success. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm a success. Whatever I handle, I will surely finish it. Amen. Finally, brethren, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of creativity. He is what? He is of excellence and of creativity. So it makes you, when he leads you, you get distinguished in what you do. The God, the one you call your father, is the God of creativity. He does things in dimensions that be the understanding of man. He does things. Noah was not a carpenter. We don't have any statement like that in the scriptures to say he was a carpenter. All we know is that he was called and told to build an ark. Had Noah seen an ark before? No. How did he get no? God gave him that picture. And in his mind, he had a picture of the dimensions were given to him and he began to work on this thing for years, decades. And he was preaching alongside. He preached for 100 years. They refused to accept the message. You went out to talk to someone about Christ once, and the person said, I'm not ready, and you are, you are angry. When you come, I'm not going again. 100 years, the man was preaching, repent, 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 repent. They said, forget it. That man... He doesn't know anything. If you see the, what the joy that we have around us here, hmm? in those that one used to go to the, to the jamborees and the rest of places to go and drink and all that, you that, that was the best of things that ever happened to you. Go to a disco. When you go to places like this and you see the excitement, people are dancing and jumping and smoking and drinking, and to them that is the best of things that should ever happen. And, and, and you, are, you are persuaded in a different angle. And they look at you. They call you Krife. Yeah. You have the spirit of God at work in you. Amen. To give you creative ideas. Amen. So you don't copy people. Stop copying people. Stop. Somebody is dressing this way. That's where I want to dress. The person is dressing for drama. You watch the film. 
and then you come out there to dress like that. When you come, you go to people, they look at you and they begin to wonder whether you are crazy or whatever. And that's what we are doing in this country. Somebody is dressing somehow to collect money. And then you sit in your house and go and buy material by yourself. And give to a tailor and tell tailor that I want my hope, the back. Everybody should see my back. Because the weather is hot. Why are you wasting your time putting anything on at all? It is not every style that people wear that will fit you. So I know your own the way you are made up. And show something that you must be creative about life. Let's talk about this copy. Huh? The contours are showing everywhere. And you go and show somebody very tight. So that's how you are coming. <laughs> now be creative in life to the extent of even what you eat. What fits you is what you go for. Creativity is of the Holy Ghost. What you are studying and how you study, everything comes from him. You must know who you are. And then be creative about your life. In your business, be creative. People sleep at night. You are supposed to wake up and do some work. So in the afternoon, you may also rest. So don't, don't, don't sit down there and make your life like you are following people. No. You don't follow people. You follow him. And then he will show you what to do. And when you do what he said you must do, everybody will commend you and say that you are great. Why? It is not in the man that walketh to order his own steps. But the ways of the Lord are in his sanctuary. And you are the sanctuary of God. If you listen to him on the inside, you begin to manifest on the outside in a different dimension. That with these people, you are a success. No matter the environment in which you are, you are a success. It doesn't matter how many people are against you, you are still a success. They have money, you don't have money, but you are still a success. There is something you will do that will draw attention to you. You are. But if you are consistent and you depend on this, your God, your story will not be that of failure, it will be nothing but success.